grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God which engages us is the two first verses in our Old Testament lesson for today. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 and 11, where Isaiah writes, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, there God's people sat in Babylon after having been conquered by the Babylonians. Their territory, Judah, had been destroyed. Their premier city, Jerusalem, had been abolished. And that which was the chief focal point of their worship life and their relationship with God, the temple, had been obliterated. And many of the brightest and the best were carted off into captivity in Babylon. And the Babylonians wouldn't have been shy about rubbing it in a little bit. You see, since the Babylonians defeated God's people, the Babylonians would have concluded that their false god, named Marduk, was more, more powerful, more mighty than the god of the Israelites, Yahweh. And they wouldn't have been shy about taunting God's people with that understanding of reality. There God's people sat in Babylon, and all that they had is the Word of God. It was a Word of God that in many cases was written more than a hundred years before they would find themselves there in Babylon. A Word of God written by prophets like Isaiah, who wrote our text for today. It was a word of God that promised a restoration for God's people, a word that promised a return to Jerusalem, a rebuilding of Jerusalem, a rebuilding of the temple, and a feast of salvation between God and his people. But how in the world was that going to happen? Things weren't looking very good for God's people at that point. And you couldn't blame God's people for being disheartened and discouraged, perhaps some of them even succumbing to the taunting of the Babylonians. All God's people had as they sat there was the Word of God. But the Word of God is all that they needed. For it was a word of encouragement from God. In that word, God assures his people that his word is powerful and effective and that his word always comes to pass. God compares his word in our text to the snow and the rain that come down from the heaven and do not return, but produce an abundant harvest of seed for the sower and bread for the eater. And then God says, so shall be my word that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, 
but shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in that for which I sent it. It's as if God is saying to his people there in Babylon, my word is all that you need because my word is sure and certain and always comes to pass. And so it did for God's people in Babylon. God raised up a ruler, a Persian ruler named Cyrus, whom God names by name in the scriptures more than a hundred years before Cyrus ever ruled. God works through Cyrus and the Persians to defeat the mighty Babylonians, and a year after Cyrus begins his reign, he issues the Edict of Cyrus, which says, guess what? God's people can return to Jerusalem, can rebuild Jerusalem, can rebuild the temple, and can worship the one true God back home in Jerusalem once again. God's word was all that those people had as they were there in Babylon, but it's all that they needed. And so here we sit in 21st century America, and like God's people in 6th century B.C. Babylon, all we have is the Word of God. And like God's people in 6th century B.C. Babylon, we can become discouraged and disheartened at times. It seems in our society, in our culture, the Word of God is getting pushed to the side more and more with each passing year. In fact, the court cases, some of them and some of the legislation, fly in direct opposition to God's Word and His will. And we as Christians who derive our perspective of life from the Scriptures are often marginalized or trivialized, said to be out of step with the times, living in the past, not sophisticated enough for today's world. You can't help but think that we too at times, as Christians who derive our perspective from the world, from the Word of God rather, can become very discouraged and disheartened at times. Like God's people of old, all that we have is the Word of God. But that Word of God is all that we need. For that word of God is powerful and effective. It always brings to pass that which it describes. At the very creation, God simply spoke the word, let there be, and things came into existence that had not existed previously. Jesus Christ simply spoke the word, Lazarus, come forth and a man who had been dead and in a tomb for four days came walking out of a tomb. Jesus Christ simply spoke the word, be still, and the wind and the waves on the Sea of Galilee were silenced. And remember that encounter that Jesus had with that Roman centurion, that commander of 100 Roman soldiers, who said to Jesus, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but merely say the word, and my servant will be healed. And that's exactly what happened. All that we have is the word of God, 
but the Word of God is all that we need, for it is powerful and effective and always brings about that which it promises. But there is no better example than the word, that Word of God returning to the Father anything but empty than the actual Word of God incarnate, Jesus Christ. Way back in Genesis 3, verse 15, God promised a Savior there in the Garden of Eden after Adam and Eve had sinned. He promised he would send forth one who would crush the head of Satan. But then for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, actually more than 2,000 years on the conservative side, all God's people had was the word and promise of God. And that's all that they needed. For as Paul writes, when the time had fully come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. He came not to do his own will, but to do the will of the Father who sent him. And that will was not that he should be served, but that he should serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And that's exactly what he did on the cross. Paying for our sin and the sin of the world with his blood and with his life. In effect, crushing the head of Satan and his ability to condemn us. When Christ pronounced from the cross, it is finished, it meant that everything he had come here to accomplish was done, was completed, was accomplished. He would rise from the dead. He would walk this earth for another 40 days, and then he would return again to the Father. Anything but empty, just the opposite, having accomplished the purpose for which he was sent. So also in your life, the word of God has not returned to him empty, but has accomplished the purpose for which he sent it. For in your baptism, the Holy Spirit worked through the water and the Word to call you to faith in Jesus Christ, to wash away all of your sin, to make you an heir of everlasting life. In your life also, the Word of God has accomplished the purpose for which God sent it. And multiply that by the roughly two billion Christians who walk the face of the earth at this time, and the billions of Christians who have gone before us on this earth, and you see what Christ is describing in the gospel lesson for today, that the Word of God has taken root, it has sprung up, it is producing a harvest 100-fold, 60-fold, and 30-fold, just as he describes it. And so also, that harvest continues to be watered with that word, that same word of God. The word of God read, studied, and proclaimed. And also what we might call the visible word of God, where God has taken the visible, tangible, tasteable elements of bread and wine and connected his word and promise with them 
so that they again deliver exactly what he has promised, namely the body and blood of our Savior and the forgiveness of all of our sin. The Word of God is all that we have, but it's all that we need. For all of us, certainly as individuals, as a congregation, even as a church body, there is always going to be the temptation to forget that the Word of God is all that we need. There will be the temptation to take things into our own hands, as Sarah tried to with Abraham, to operate with our own methods, our own methodologies, and just give lip service to the Word of God. May God keep us and preserve us from such a tragic turn. For when it comes to calling sinners to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, when it comes to bringing comfort to a family who has lost a loved one, when it comes to bringing peace to a life that has been shaken and shattered, it is the Word of God and the Word of God alone that can accomplish the purpose for which God sent it. May God keep us steadfast in the faith and in the practice that the Word of God is all that we have, but it's all that we need. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen. We stand to confess.